welcome to episode 306 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of Many Topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and we are here back again to discuss the second half and overall themes and overall feelings about Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. This is a sequel to our September 2020 episodes on Persona 2 Innocent Sin, and we are back again with most of the same panel. Let's introduce them. They start with Zach Wilkerson. Hello. And Leona McCallum. Hi. And Alana Hakes. Hiya. So, uh, Zach, Leona, Alana, I am going to start this episode off with an apology. Uh, I did not finish Persona 2 in time for recording. Uh, that is an entirely me problem. I had a couple, uh, difficult days in a row scattered here and there with, uh, some family stuff here, some mental health bad days there, some very busy work days there. It just, the universe conspired against me to finish this game in time, and it culminated a couple nights ago where I finally got out of the sea, the the undersea ruins at a very ungodly hour, and then I just decided I didn't want to play Persona Two anymore. <laughs> you got out of you got out of the undersea ruins, but at what cost? Yeah, I wasn't sure I wanted to play Persona Two after the undersea ruins either. So <laughs> I understand. Yeah, so I uh, that was only a couple days ago, and um, I, I did finish that dungeon. It did not break me permanently. I just need to have an extended hospital stay following it, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think I need um, the golden fingers to, re- to help recover from that. Uh, Persona 2, Eternal Punishment's longest, most annoying dungeon uh, stymied me a little bit. And I think I do want to revisit this game and finish it eventually because I was genuinely enjoying, enjoying 90% of it. Um, but uh, Alana and Zach, this is also your first time uh, playing Persona 2. So I, I want your overall impressions first uh, before we get into the meat of the discussion. Um, so I, uh, on the last podcast, I feel like I was like kind of negative about, uh, eternal punishment and I still think it is an inferior game to, uh, to, um, innocent sin. Um, but overall I, I liked it better in the second half, but if I'm being honest with you, one of the main reasons I liked it better in the second half is because it became more about innocent sin um, and uh, all the stuff with Tatsuya and sort of like finding out that like this whole story was just a bunch of nonsense, the same way that it wasn't innocent sin, but like, I feel like it, it still lacks the psychological impact. I do think there are some interesting thematic stuff, things that I'd like to talk about um, in terms of the way the ending wraps up and like the way that it deals with childhood and adulthood and things like that, which I find um interesting i'm not sure if i agree with it but i think it's interesting but um it it, it still to me doesn't have the same punch that innocent sin did but i i did enjoy it overall um so yeah i mean i really liked it consistently throughout but also i think again yes i think it lacks the punch of innocent sin for sure because i think the dynamic of the cast are just not as good um they feel like they've just kind of been bundled together a little bit more rather than like the characters who all have this link together um and again like the minute Tatsuya joins I think Tatsuya it's funny that like Maya is maybe my favorite character in Innocent Sin along with Jun and my favorite character in Eternal Punishment might actually be Tatsuya um Mm -hmm. given the way that they deal with his character and um yeah there's a lot of things I want to talk about with him as well and um yeah, it just really, really lifts the game, I think. In particular, like, the final dungeon of Eternal Punishment is by 
far the best part of the game like everything the way mm-hmm. that it like introduces it's, it's almost a little bit too late i think um it starts to bring up these like con- like it brings back like the shadows and things like that and does the same thing that like the temple dungeons do in innocent sin um to say like i'm sounding a little bit like negative here um eternal punishment has basically cemented persona 2 as my favorite persona game um Yay! so <laughs> um like i just think they don't i don't think eternal punishment is i don't want to say it's not necessary um but i certainly don't think i don't know it's not that it doesn't bring anything new to the table because i think that's kind of the point um Mm. but i certainly enjoyed playing essentially two sides of the same coin or playing i don't know the, the mirror and the reflection i guess to make a small illusion that i might jump back in and out of um a few times uh, oh no does, it, does that mean we're gonna have to talk about the tv studio dungeon again <laughs> i'm not gonna talk about it mm. but like mirrors are a pretty important thing in i mean they're like the most obvious the most obvious like illusion literary device you could use and it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty prominent here um subtly but it's it's there um but yeah um eternal punishment is great i really really liked it it's not as good as innocent sin in a number of ways um but i do like some of the ways it deals with themes of adulthood and i'm interested in how it applies it like zach says i don't know if i necessarily agree with all of it but i certainly in a weird way as much as i related to the innocent sin cast there's also a lot of aspects of the eternal punishment cast where i'm like huh yeah you, you know i i see myself in tatsuya most maybe as the kid who's like i want to be an adult how do you be an adult i deal with all my problems on my own um but we'll get to that so yeah i i, I love eternal punishment but maybe not as much as innocent sin one thing that you both mentioned about the characters how uh you think that the sort of i hope i'm not putting words in your mouth you think that the sort of group dynamic in innocent sin was better and tighter than the character relationships in Eternal Punishment. And I, I think that is where I'm landing on this too. I uh, In the first episode, I was probably more positive on Eternal Punishment than Innocent Sin because I just I just loved Ulala, Katsuya, and Baofu, and, and I still do. But th- like I think they're more interesting individuals than maybe the teenagers in Innocent Sin. Mm-hmm. But but when you bring the like the group dynamic of the teenagers together, and their connection through the masked circle and everything that happens with June and how June and, and Tatsuya sort of uh, rekindle their friendship. Uh, like that makes them a lot more in like, I think the innocent sin cast is more interesting as a group, but the eternal punishment cast is very strong. They just don't have the same group dynamic of the innocent sin cast is how I felt after, you know, going through the factory dungeon and learning about what Baofu's deal is and mm-hmm. and sort of more strongly remembering what Innocent Sin was. And that uh, reminds me of something that we mentioned last episode. But uh, Leona, you played Eternal Punishment before Innocent Sin. Uh-huh. So did any of the Tatsuya stuff in Eternal Punishment for the first two thirds of the game make sense at all? Like, like, did, did, uh... why was this teenager... 40 levels ahead of you in one fight and seems to know everything in advance and can pilot submarines and and zeppelins like like did, did was it as crazy as it felt me me watch, watching it play out <laughs> the whole game felt crazy so i could, at that point i was just kind of going along with it like i, I when i first played that it was persona 2 plays and presents its narrative in a very different way than any other jrpg i've ever played so I was expecting it all just to make sense at the end. And to, to a degree, it did. Like, on the first playthrough, well confused for most of it. By the end, I was like, ah, oh, okay. 
Yeah, the final dungeon like replays basically the entire end sequence mm-hmm. yeah. of Innocent Sin. So like you do basically know um mm-hmm. you do basically know what happens if you don't play it. It's not ideal, but like I think something Zach said last episode is that actually <laughs> Uh, you didn't necessarily need that going in and i don't think you do like now having reached the end of it like i think it's a good thing to do because again it's two sides of the same coin but like i think you're just kind of approaching it in a different way like you're essentially if you haven't played innocent sin then you're Uh approaching it as like somebody who's oh god this is gonna sound really obnoxious isn't it like you're essentially approaching it as someone who's lived in the this side whereas if you've done it if you've played innocent sin you're playing it as somebody who's come from the other side like tatsuya and you're like you have all this knowledge so you can apply it right from the get-go whereas in if you've only Mm -hmm. played if you haven't played any of the others and you're just jumping into eternal punishment you can be like oh okay um now i don't know what's going on let's try and find out you know it's interesting because i feel like in some ways i actually think that playing eternal punishment first might have been the superior experience um I don't know. I, I mean, because like I feel like, like because this game spends eighty five percent of its of its playtime holding its cards, and you know, if you played mm-hmm. Eternal Innocence in first, yeah, but like all of this is just like nonsense. It's set up by Nier Althotep. Um, because you've played Innocent Sin first. Like, you know it's all just, like, crap. And, like, you're waiting for Tatsuya just to, like, tell them what happened. And, like, you know what happened as the player mm-hmm. if you've played Innocent Sin first. Like, I feel like one of the things that frustrated me over the course of Eternal Punishment and why I liked the last 10% of the game or 15% of the game way better than the rest of it was, like, okay, now we're really looking at the consequences of mm-hmm. Innocent Sin. Uh, whereas... If I hadn't played Innocent Sin first, I've been like, ooh, mystery, 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 mystery. And like now we see the consequences. And then if we go back, there are so many things like that are never really explained during the course of Eternal Punishment that like if you're playing Innocent Sin, there still would be some mysteries. Whereas if you're playing Eternal Punishment after Innocent Sin, there really aren't any mysteries. Like the final dungeon or the final boss is literally exactly the same. I mean, like it's mm-hmm. not. Wait, wait, the, the, you fight the Great Father again? Well, Nilothotep is the great father. That's the point, right. isn't it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I I I, do, I agree, Zach. I think you're right. I think to some degree, playing Eternal Punishment first is the less maybe frustrating experience because at that point you're going less from uh, waiting for someone to drop the the plot that you already know that uh, and then you're going to Innocent Sun where it's more like okay, now I'm just invested in these character dramas, which which is less frustrating, I think. I oh I'm not sure I I can agree with that because I, <laughs> I but this is definitely something about me I hate not knowing things so mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like like if if I were to play this game if I were to play the games out of order all the way through I would be so frustrated not understanding uh-huh. what was going on when it felt like I was supposed to know a few things that had happened like uh, <laughs> just, just like like going to the very beginning of the game you talk to uh. A bunch of people in the courtyard, including uh, June's dad and the other woman named Maya, and mm-hmm. it, and uh, uh, oh shoot, the uh, um, the the, the schoolgirl that was in, that was in the evil mask circle in, in Innocent Sin. You know the, the track star, you know Lady yeah. Lady Scorpio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, Lady Scorpio. It's like the idea that I'm supposed to know these characters, but they aren't telling me anything is so annoying to me i i get that as well so so like i i I think that maybe it just depends on the on the player whether uh 
EP than IS or IES than EP is the mm-hmm. is the more ideal order. I think for me, it, I for my own sanity, I probably should play IS first, which I I already have fortunately. <laughs> um, but maybe for Leona, like uh, her uh, Leona, your experience playing Eternal Punishment then eventually Innocence in might have been your ideal experience. So I don't think I don't think either of them <laughs> is wrong. But I'm I'm glad I did it the way I did. Right. Yeah. yeah. I can see both sides definitely. I, and I mean like um to sorry, um to like go jump in like expand on your point a little bit slowly, like interestingly enough, you saying like you not knowing any of the characters or anything like and that feeling like you're dropped into things, like that's no different from playing Innocent Sin first either, I guess. Like that's the whole that's the whole pacing of these games, right? You're just kind of thrown in and like you don't have to like have any establishment or anything like that. Um I know it's kind of weird saying that about like a sequel, or I guess it's not really a sequel, it's the other side. Um mm-hmm. like you're just thrown into it in both situations, in both games, and like even if you know everybody, it's still like hang on a minute, why don't I know everybody what's going on? Why are these things different? Why is the Joker still going around? But if you didn't know that, then you'd still be asking the same questions. You just would have even less of an idea of what's going on, I suppose. So well, That's why you comb the in all of the hallways of both high schools and talk to every kid in those <laughs> classrooms. Nope. While, there, while there is still random battles going on, this well, is an innocent sin, mind you. Um, yep. uh, like, I, I don't know. I don't know, like... like I don't mind the conceit of going around town and talking to everyone in between major events to learn about the events and learn about and learn about uh. the, the people and places in the town. I like that, but I hated it in Innocent Sin that they kept random battles in all the same dungeons. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I can't think of another Japanese RPG that does that really. Like apart from like Modern Days Trails, obviously, but I think it's very different in um. I say modern day tales, trails. I mean, like all trails games, basically. Um, modern day Kiseki, uh, well, no, I should say modern day Legend of Heroes. Yeah, from slash, Sky onwards. Yeah, w- yeah. Which, which is Kiseki, which is the Kiseki games. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it makes Sumaru feel very alive, and I think we said that last year. Like, I don't think there's another RPG town like Sumaru or city like Sumaru um, because of that. Like talking to everybody, but. And, and how each of the different wards or districts or whatever, whatever you want to call them have their own sort of character just based on the shops they're in and right. the, and, and the, the makeup of the city. Uh, like it is a little too bad that, um, that Sumaru city's overworld map is even less detailed than say that of super Mario world. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but it's, it's still cool that the way they have it arranged and all the different people and places in them, do make it feel lived in and alive, especially with the more interesting storefronts like, uh, oh shoot, like, like 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 the bar that has the uh, the the man search lady, uh, <laughs> the ramen shop, yeah, the yeah. ramen shop woman who's not that the weapons dealer in the first game, and right. uh, yeah, who's not a Russian spy, <laughs> and, and 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 all the different uh, all of the different shops that replace an inn in an RPG, and and things like accidentally spreading a rumor about a boating accident will mean you 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 accidentally kill off the armor shop lady <laughs> oh, yeah i did that yeah I, I totally did that just because i'm like oh i'm just gonna do all the rumors yeah. that, because that's what you do in an rpg you check boxes off a list and i killed the nice armor shop lady oh, it's yeah. a 50 it's like it's like a 50 yeah, 50 whether she yeah. comes I reset, back. Uh, i reset yeah. on that because then like if she does come back then you get like way like you mm-hmm. get like a very good piece of armor what yeah i didn't yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did. I, yeah. I didn't have the patience how i did i did okay. it with the gun but i got the gun the first go so because oh, nice. you can spread the rumor for parabellum as well which is the bar mm-hmm. which sells all the weapons um the dragoon yeah the dragoon yep i got that gun no um, way i wasn't gonna have a dragoon gun come on uh... was that was that uh from the 
the end game weapon rumor that you have to go to the shrine to pick up? Uh, no, that's okay. slightly oh. different, isn't it? That's for yes. the weapon that's, smith, that, isn't it? Yeah, that's for the legendary weapon. Yeah, that's the legendary weapon. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. And th that goes to another point. Um, is there any way for the player to know that there is a fifty-fifty or some percentage chance that you get a weapon, that you get a special item, yeah, or don't? Of course not. Why would it? <laughs> if I was playing this game so, without a guide, I would have been like banging my head against the wall. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, for sure, it's very, very possible that I am spoiled by modern <laughs> video games. But I like, I, I think that uh, this is we're we're gonna jump all over the place this episode. So I, I don't I don't mind doing things slightly out of order. Um. I, I think this game has so much breadth and depth with what you can do that it's great. Like, I love that mm -hmm. there are two or three optional dungeons and some truly insane dives you can deep down into. Or wait, I, I think I might have said some words out of order there. But the, <laughs> That's uh, the metaphor, too. Perhaps. Uh, you know, people in glass houses sink ships. Um, <laughs> but the but uh like the map maker guy that is an insane amount of effort for a oh. uh, yeah for a side quest that yields some pretty good rewards but it, it is totally fair to not go only if the rng loves you yeah. right right <laughs> and uh like like, like like it's a good reward but it's a but it's a tedious quest that yeah. maybe doesn't always work out and uh and things like the legendary weapons how is the player supposed to know to go to the shrine and then talk to other three other NPCs <laughs> to get the legendary weapon to, to unlock the weapon smith yeah that you can give materials to to eventually forge stuff and the, the, like the stuff about spreading the rumor about the boating accident gives you a 50 50 chance of changing the the the, the, the armor shop uh, uh fashion boutique lady and possibly <laughs> getting you an extra weapon I but, love that and, though. And, and she maybe, just comes back like renewed. That yeah, she almost had a near death experience. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the, the craziest one of all. And I, uh, I, I read ahead a little bit about this because I was I um I don't oh. remember, I don't even remember why. You can probably guess what's going to happen here. Uh, near the end of the game, after, when you're a little bit before the final dungeon, if oh, you go to, to uh, Double Slash, the uh, the internet cafe, and <laughs> there's a girl who asks you about your horoscope, and you and she asks you what month you were born in. Yeah. If if you write in if you if you write in Hastur come forth. Yes, I did this. In that in that. <laughs> oh, I did too. Yeah, in, in that in that space where I was writing F E B because I was born in February. Um, mm -hmm. like, but if you write Hastur come forth, you get mysteriously an item mailed to you that allows you to fuse an, an end game persona called Hastur, which is. It's extremely uh, good. Yeah. yeah, like it reflects all magic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's broken. Extremely, <laughs> it's extremely powerful, and it's from the the Lovecraftian mythos, kind of similar to Nyarlathotep, the maybe overall boss of the series. But mm -hmm. I, I don't think there is a single breadcrumb in town <laughs> I, I you can do that. I wonder if it's like one of those, you know, promotional uh, things that happen when a game's getting released, like scratch <laughs> off this can of Coke and you'll get a code for Persona 2. Mew, Mew is in the parking van. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, sort of like a Star Tropics thing where you scratch things off. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, like, I understand your point, Celosi. Like, I, I think the point you're making is like there is like so much depth that you, without a guide, you can't even access. Um, and I do think that's a weakness of the game, uh, and especially like in 2001, like I beat this game at like level 57, probably. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I would have been, I, you would have had to grind. I would have had to grind like probably 15 more levels if I didn't follow a guide that told me exactly what to do <laughs> yeah. to get exactly the right demons and exactly the right spell cards to fuse exactly the right spells. And I still feel like I grinded like a fair amount in this game. 
Um, I don't feel like it plays fair sometimes, but like the internet in 2021 allows it to play fair for me. So like that part yeah. didn't bother me too much. Right. Yeah. I, I kind of see it like a double edged sword. Like when it comes to guides and JRPGs with me, I sometimes feel like I wish I never looked because the, what I don't know can't hurt me and the amount of work that sometimes has to go into a game. And I could have completed the game without ever knowing and still being perfectly happy without uh, doing these sort I of felt ridiculous like that during yeah. Not during this game. Oh my goodness, not during this game. There's no I, I, way I'd I mean, beat that final boss if I don't follow a guy. I, I I actually did okay with the final boss of Innocence and I had a I had a really weird setup at the end, but I had some I had like the ultimate sword magic spells and the, the great yeah. thought when you, you do the green cross yeah, yeah. no no I, mean, I, I think not, that I didn't use Innocent the... Sin is automatically set to easy mode. Yeah. Um okay. and eternal punishment is not on the final boss. <laughs> yeah, no, the final boss is the hardest boss in the game. Yeah. yeah. You, you, oh, this is going to sound ridiculous. You know what I thought was the hardest boss of the game that I had faced so far? Eternal, oh, go on. In, in Eternal Punishment. I did not get to the end. Again, I uh, I, I, I finished the Undersea Ruins and that was it. Um, <laughs> is and, it a TV and, studio boss? No. Uh, no? The, the, the boss in the nightclub, the, the, the damn schoolgirl that can charm you. Like, oh yeah, that like I, I, I had to use a. I, I, it took me three tries because she charmed my healer and like one other character or something, and I, oh, no. and I got, I got completely hosed. But like, oh. I, I, I thought that this game was not very challenging as long as you keep up to date with personas and yeah. and, th- and things like spell fusions. I, I uh, yeah. and and uh, and the grind is not is pretty manageable because uh, they're generous with SP stuff, but the way you're describing the end game and uh, something that that Zach brought up. I, I don't need guides to beat an RPG. I, I've played many RPGs and finished them without using guides, but I always like having the guide there as an option. If mm-hmm. there's something I want to look up quickly, I like to be I like to be able to go on the internet and click three links and find what I need. And um, <laughs> yeah. and, and and if I didn't have that for Persona Two Eternal Punishment, I would have been way more frustrated. But uh, for the for the most part, I I, I thought that. The pacing of the game was good. Uh, the the city is fun to explore. The uh, the the dungeons, with the, with one notable exception, um, <laughs> or okay, maybe two exceptions. Two. <laughs> uh, or, yeah, are are uh, are at least at, at least manageable. And and um and a lot of the time they're arranged sort of sensibly. Like like Smile Mall is basically a four floors mall, like <laughs> right. And and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's not like a maze that has offshoots for treasure. It's it's an actual layout of a of like a retail space. Like I, I thought that the dungeon designs were usually okay until they weren't. But uh, I, I just wish there was more signposting. It's just, if there was a way I could hear something in town that would point me to the more obscure things in town so that there was a tangible path to, for me to organically learn about Hastur instead of learning about it in a Wikia page, which is because that's definitely <laughs> how I found it. Um, so like, like I, I wish there was more of that, but on its own, and with the option of checking a guide if I needed to, I thought this was just a really strong RPG. It, uh, it, it like it, it deliberately hides things from the player, but there's a lot of intrigue. The characters are consistently entertaining, um, and the combat stuff, which you went into in pretty good detail in the previous episode, I was was usually fun at least. Like I think I think this is a great PS1 game. And I think I am going to finish it um, before the end of the year. But uh, let's go talk about the end game a little bit because I don't know exactly how this happens. Please enlighten me. Um, d- do the timelines converge? 
uh, does when when Tatsuya explains everything, what are the stakes of the story other than stopping Tatsuzo from flipping the Earth's magnetic poles? Oh boy. It gets a bit further than that, but that is still kind of the goal for the next big section. Like you're going to um, Torifune, which is like the equivalent of Jabalba in this world um, that they've mm. re-resurrected um, or re-dug up essentially um, to stop Tatsuzo from from summoning the great dragons, the 12 dragons, um, yeah. to do the same sort of thing as Grand Cross, oh, the, basically. Okay, okay. The, the 12 dragons from the Wang Long fortune telling, which is uh, yes, which is folklore or myth that enough people believe in for it to become real. Yeah, Wang Long is not a real fortune in real life either. So, yeah, um, the tw- and actually, technically, even though the twelve dragon, the twelve dragons aren't a real thing either. In real hey, life. the twelve dragons are real. You have to kill all twelve to get the Crusader Esper. Oh, okay, fine. Actually, that, yeah, well, that, that's, that's also eight dragons. So I'm just, I am just. Uh, I know. Yeah, a little bit of yeah. evidence. Yeah, the um, the um, basically, the twelve dragons are supposed to be like the equivalent of the um, like. 12 months of the year which is why there are 12 mm-hmm. like fortunes you can get from the um woman in um two slash um and it's meant like because essentially at the end of the day like um Tazuo is being controlled by guess who neil Arthur um and neil Arthur basically has come up with the say because he can't redo grand cross so he's come up with the equivalent of a grand cross astral kind of like star signy type thing which is to do with these 12 dragons which associate with the 12 months and and he used his own curse to make it real yeah correct yeah so that's essentially where it goes um but can we can we have like one tiny moan about how bad the undersea ruins is before because that's <laughs> yeah. right oh my before. god it's awful yeah. first of all i was it's... also mapping that dungeon oh no oh, <laughs> oh, oh no okay, it's just okay. a key error <laughs> yeah that is i spent four hours in there and i didn't map it so <laughs> yeah I, I was it took me right around three and a half or four hours and i was it was i wasn't trying to map it i wasn't trying to get to the treasure room because that's oh a, my that's, god yeah, that, that's i did Oh my god. But, I but, got to the treasure room. I did the treasure so, so, room too. So I did the treasure room. The, so, the, so you, the cards are worth it. <laughs> yeah. But the uh so you found oh my god, what what's her name? Um the you you found the the rare demon and got the I yeah. found her seven times. Yeah, <laughs> That's how many times time. it took me to contact her oh. to get that rumor. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, she was a bit of a nightmare. And like, I don't know if we said this in the last episode, but like one of the other annoying things about, because actually I think demon negotiation is slightly easier in this game. But like what makes some of it really annoying is that there are some contacts where you can get a rumor to spread off of the demon and that's uh-huh. new to eternal punishment but it's totally random so like every single mm-hmm. game file it could be a totally different demon that's carrying that rumor now this demon in the undersea ruins usually has it but you also have to get another one or spread it through another demon yeah, and it's, um, it, it's it's like uh leviathan's the second leviathan one. is and, and the second the, one and yeah. the first one is the one that's harder to find it, it's it's a it's, it's like a, a mermaid demon um, i didn't have too much trouble finding her i just had to level up to the right level to get her the problem is, is i was in that dungeon for so long that i got to level 46 so i was six levels above leviathan so leviathan became a very rare demon because i was so over leveled at one point uh... I, I i encountered it i pacted with it in the cruise ship in fact, because that was like the sensible thing to do, because I was like, oh, I'm like level 38, 39, I can do this. And then by the time I left the Undersea Ruins, I was like level 45. So it was like, great. It's now not appearing 
ever yet it appeared 20 times in like half an hour for me three hours ago so yeah it is a pain in the backside especially because like the maps are not great in this game they're okay and there's like holes and different sides of the rooms and the wall. yeah like, but no it, it, it was it was like I, I was falling into those pitfalls like sideshow bob <sighs> stepping onto rakes in this <laughs> yeah. in in this in this part of the game because it, it's, it's also visually uninteresting like like the cruise ship at least had some color to it because right, it had those yeah. it had, yeah, it had, it had specific it, blob of gray yeah this is just a blob like it's a it's like a, a a dark blue and dark green and black that just all melds together into a gray sludge yeah it was yeah. like one big version of those like elemental like zodiac temples from innocent mm-hmm. sin and like i didn't hate those because i was like happy to just get free cards off of them by this point up, i had yeah. by this point it's one big long dungeon and i had like 900 free cards so i'm like and i had like 900 magician cards because my god how annoying a magician persona in this game the they're immune to reflector magic. immune to everything i contacted yep. them all immediately yeah, yeah they, they, I, th- I think the best way to to kill them is to just use normal attacks but i'm not doing that when i'm when i'm when my i'm trained to use fusion spells all the time so right. i, I mm-hmm. also i also contacted every magician persona i found but you two were lucky because the one in the undersea ruins um you um you can actually only befriend it if you've got ellen you cannot or eriko oh, yeah. if you do if you do k you can only get cards off of it so you have to do it every single time so, um, so, you, you, so you didn't get to see uh eriko's awesome fashion show no time. but i did get to see oh no k doesn't have anything cool and the other thing you should see because you know tatsuya can join in on the flamenco de passion so you know <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still gotta see that yeah the the flamenco de passion is maybe the, the 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 best uh the best contact in the game no the best contact in the game is ulala balfu and katsuya sitting down on the floor and drinking alcohol together okay so, yeah. I've, I've done, I've done that true one story too. all that the alcohol related ones are delightful they are great. <laughs> that, that one is really good i also like the one i think it's also katsuya ulala and balfu but in a different order where uh like like, like they stage a fake murder <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, 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 like, and like the lights go out and there's a gunshot yes yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> Then there's the ones where like Maya and Dulalari are either talking about Balfu or Katsia and like trying to get them married off, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like magic. Or, or even like just the one that's just Ulala and Maya, where they're they're like, which one of us ladies is the more shining be- beacon of ladiness? It's like, oh, it's like, it's like I don't know what's going on here. And and of course, I, I cannot get the Tats. This is Innocent Sin and not Eternal Punishment, but the Tatsuya sound bite of being a man means is just the oh, yes. <laughs> I, I i must have heard him say that a hundred times and it was just confusing and goofy the whole every time yeah oh, the yeah. contacts in both of these games are just so ridiculous they are but yeah the undersea ruins suck and if you do um if you do k's route you have to fight kandori right at the end and uh it's probably the hardest boss fight in the game other than nilathotep at least for me it's hard um mostly because you have like do you remember the boss at the end of the factory um which is like the four or five robots that just keep that put seal on you oh oh, do you mean do you mean me using maca jam and then casting (laughs) lightning glass three times and winning i did not i did not have maca jam so i was sealed the entire 
fight because yeah. I, yeah, That's I hate right. him. And they resist but, physical. Mm, but fun. yeah, Kandori um, is a pain in the backside because it's him and four of them. So it's like, great, now I've got to wipe all of them out. And I had Lightning Blast and I was getting there very slowly. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's a cool fight, um, though, uh, especially because it's like a reflection of like Persona 1 and it kind of brings out. It shows how much K has like grown from the original Persona One. Um, I, I, I think if you played Persona One and enjoyed Persona One, which is uh, neither of which is true for me, but then do, but 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 then do K's route, um, like basically revisiting the the Guido Kandori storyline probably is pretty cool and rewarding because yeah. you, you, you can. I mean, for even I, I did not play through all of Persona One, but I could see the animosity there. And like, uh, it, which is maybe more specific with K than anyone else, because I think K uh, lost a family member or something to, uh, to his butler. That game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's his, yeah he's and, got and, a new butler. Yeah, that's right. And and his persona is his old butler. Or, his ultimate now. persona yeah. is his old butler. Yeah, right. I remember now. But the like uh, like like I think that is probably a cool character through line. But I, I didn't experience it, so I'm not going to comment on it too uh, too much further. Yeah. Don't know, it's cool. Um, but yeah, Undersea Ruin sucks. Mount Iwato is not as annoying as it was in Innocent Sin either, which is a cool oh, thing. Oh, okay. Because I'm, I'm at the foot of Mount, of Mount Iwato, and I was sort of dreading it because I remember it being a little annoying in Innocent Sin because I, I, I had to do some mask hunting in that game, and I knew that there were similar items to pick up in this game. Yeah, it's um, not too bad. They're all pretty near. It's essentially the same layout again. So, like, you go around Mount Iwato and you go to all the pools, and you, like, it's Tatsuya talking you through basically the the other side which is the world that tatsuya is from and right. the world the well i say from that tatsuya is from um tatsuya has taken over tatsuya of the other side which is the world of innocent sin has taken over the body of the tatsuya of oh. this side which is eternal punishment so mm -hmm. so he yeah. so he wasn't so they've converged they've basically converged yeah for oh this. they okay it's two tatsuyas converged not one tatsuya just remembering the events of the of the other timeline Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's okay. literally our Tatsia that we knew yeah. from Innocent Sin. Yeah. yeah. Is what ha is the reason for this happening? Philemon accidentally like looking at the wrong Tatsia Katsia. <laughs> no, it's Tatsia. Not. Tatsia no, it's not. rejecting losing his memories at the final yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll get Changed to that. his mind at the last second. And which you don't find out until like the literally end. right before the I, I I was sort of hoping it was a clerical error because there are too many characters that sound that have similar sounding names Tatsuyo, in this game. Tatsuyo, Tatsuyo, Tatsuyo Sudo, and Tatsuyo Sudo, and yeah. and Katsuya Suo. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't forget the ancient samurai warrior of a thousand oh. years past. Tatsu 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 is that the mummified Gozen or is that someone else? No, it's a different Some, one. So we'll different get, one. We'll get to yeah. that in a minute because it's coming different up. Sa different samurai man. Got it. Okay. Another samurai man. But yeah, Mount Iwata is cool because it's just like everything kind of coming together. Like um, it's the start of like Tatsuya telling you the truth and that. And there's a really cool moment where like at the end um, you are given a choice like Tatsuya. And this is where like, I mean, throughout the game, and I think I said this last week and I think both Zach and I have mentioned it today like there's a lot of discussions about like what does it mean to be an adult kind of thing and Being Tatsuya kind means. of yeah, <laughs> correct and so Tatsuya asks at this point or like he says like I have to he's been constantly saying like I have to do this on my own I have to bear my sin on my own essentially so like the sin that Tatsuya is talking about is like rejecting losing his memories and rejecting losing Maya that's what his mm. sin is um so that's the way he's bearing. So he's basically taken it on himself to stop 
um, I might have to come back a little bit. So essentially what is trying to happen, what's trying to take place is Nyarlathotep is trying to make the world of this side remember the events of the other side. And the way he's doing it is he's trying to manipulate people to recreate the events of Innocent Sin. So like the okay, Air so- Museum catching mm-hmm. fire, all the stuff that Tatsuya Sudo was doing in like the first yeah. third of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so Tatsuya, the reason Tatsuya was getting involved was because he was trying to stop all that. Like he didn't want, he doesn't want the world to remember because if the world remembers, then it goes back to the other side, which is destroyed. Like the only thing that exists in the other side is uh, Sumari, correct? Um, yeah, it's bleak. Very yeah. bleak. <laughs> so yeah, Tatsuya is trying to carry this on his shoulders. Bearing in mind he's 17 years old. Um, <laughs> so he's I like... Mean- yeah, is, I mean, I mean, a little bit of a of a messianic figure uh, figure here, right? Uh, exactly. Huh. Th- th- this is interesting to me because it, it, I mean, it does jive with Nyarlathotep's um, idea of of just wanting humanity to end itself, and right. uh, oh, this is all really interesting. I really need to finish this damn thing. You do. I mean, <laughs> like you, you just got to the interesting part. Yeah. You did. Yeah. I mean, you got like, to the know, interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to finish it right after we're done recording because <laughs> I have like two games to uh, to play for the podcast and for review, and I think I need at least one more Yakuza game in me just just to distance myself from SMT uh, before I revisit this thing. But yeah. the uh, I don't know if we mentioned this, but at, at least some of the Persona games are a cosmic bet between Nyarlathotep and Philemon. Uh-huh. Where mm-hmm. Nyarlathotep um, believes humanity is inherently self-destructive, and Philemon in- believes that humanity is inherently, you know, sur- yeah. sur- sur- survivors. So, in Persona One and Persona Two, they each do. Su- uh, Philemon gives a few people Persona powers, and Nyarlathotep does some dastardly thing, and they just sort of watch it play out. With the other caveat being that Nyarlathotep cheats and usually d- um, intervenes more directly than Philemon does. He so, can. Philemon can't. That's the difference. Like, yeah. Nyarlathotep is literally humanity, whereas Philemon, like, see, he has the ability to intercept at any point. Um, but, um, I mean, he's the shadow of humanity, right? Um, yeah, and yeah, he, Philemon he, cannot intercept yeah, at all. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Nyarlathotep is the id that's inside of all of humanity, and Nyarlathotep is the superego that is, that is you know, a, huma- a, huma- a humanity's ideal that cannot interfere. That cannot interfere. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, like, like, with that being in the background and this playing out this way, it, I don't know. It, it's all so fascinating. Um, and uh, like, like, but people do remember, or at least start to remember. So when Maya remembers, does she does she die again? No. So it takes like all five of the original the the when I say mask circle, I mean like the five right. main characters of Innocence yeah. in um, yeah, the people it, who agreed to forget. At yeah. the end of Innocent Sun, they all have to remember. I think you mean the Phoenix Ranger Featherman <laughs> Arc. Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> of course. I do, yeah. So, like, like, uh, what happens when all of them remember? Well, they don't. Well, yeah. mm, they, they might. Okay. They're um, on the edge of... It depends on the choices you make in the final dungeon, technically, right? Yeah, it does, yeah. Which affects the difficulty of both fighting the shadows in Menardo Mandala, which is the final dungeon, and also the fight before the final boss. Um, oh, so if you choose to have them remember uh, the final sequence of bosses is way harder. It's... You don't necessarily choose them to remember. Um, so... <laughs> 
I know we're jumping around a bit. There's stuff in the middle that I want to bring up. Um, but like, and there's stuff about like things that I want to bring up. And I know other people <laughs> do. Um, but like, in the final dungeon, every character who isn't Tatsia has to face their own shadow. And you're given a choice which basically involves Maya making a decision. And like, for instance, like Ulala's is um, her confronting her shadow because Ulala's great you know poor thing is that like poor thing sin, <laughs> but like she is she tried to kill maya right and she's like unhappy with herself she wants to be better she's had bad luck with men and things like that and she's just jealous and she she like has been so protective of maya all this time because she made that joker call and like she thought that joker was gonna kill maya because of her stupid actions um so her shadow is like you are selfish and everything blah 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 and ulala's like i don't know what to say to this and your choices as maya are like tell her what to say or you're the only person who can make that decision ulala so if you pick the first option then you make the boss harder and you potentially make ikichi remember the other side if you tell ulala to come up with her own answer that's the right answer and it makes the boss slightly easier so it's more like moral decisions like balfus is really similar um and in it, 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 it's about the loss of his fiance it's about miki yeah um and it's basically to tell him like you know accept that you are blaming yourself like you know but you have to kind of move on kind of thing and similar with katsuya you have to choose to believe in katsuya because katsuya's shadow confronts him about leaving his like he's leaving his dream of being a patissier in order to become a detective and his shadow's like well you hate your brother and your father because you've had to do this and then katsu is like no i don't and then he pulls a gun on tatsia and then it gives you an option to like stop him or just say i believe in you and if you say i believe in you then that's the right answer because katsia's love for his family is stronger or as strong as his dislike for his like He's had to take on these responsibilities kind of thing. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's accepting, it, it's the same as Innocent Sin. They're accepting the shadow and accepting the bad part of them for lack of a more appropriate I mean, it's or better the same term. as Persona every part. Persona game, exactly. right? Yeah, correct. To some degree. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, most of the Persona games are about, you know, confronting the part of yourself that you dislike and accepting it. Sometimes very, very literally, like in Persona 4, and sometimes more conceptually, like in Persona 3. But the uh, or as literally as possible in Persona 5. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I'm just comparing it directly to Innocent Sin because I think these two are the two mm -hmm. games that have done it the best out of all of them. Like, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, agreed. It, I mean, I mean, I mean, you have these two characters that represent the id and the super ego, and uh, and the main cast representing the self and con and confronting the shadow. It's it's it, not really high philosophy, but it, it, it takes these co concepts from philosophy and psychology, but presents them in a JRPG way that is like, oh, yeah. that is a lot less blunt than what happens in persona four and five. Uh, I, I get this again, this makes, this yeah. makes me way more excited to re to revisit this game after I, you know, uh, finally freaking play tales of arise this month. Let's, let's roll it back a little bit how do we get here exactly so torifune is next isn't it um but there's a conversation under 
you get onto a train. You have to spread a rumor about a train, right? Um, mm. That you have to board. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe one of the most important conversations in the game yeah. happens on this train um, between Tatsuya yes. and Balfu. Um, and it kind of like pins down this like adult child dynamic or diet like thing, the question that goes through the entire game. And there's a couple of instances, like we've already said, Tatsuya. I'm sorry, I'm talking quite a lot. Um, Tatsuya, yeah, like, go ahead, go. Tatsuya like asks Balfu, like, what does it mean to be an adult? Like he kind of swallows his pride. And mm-hmm. Balfu goes, It's no different, actually. It still hurts. And then everybody is silent on that Yeah, train. it just gets harder, I think he says. It just or gets harder, harder is right. Yeah. yeah. Which I was like Oof. yeah why because i remember like being a teenager and being like i don't want to be an adult and even like sometimes now i'm kind of like i want to be in my 30s kind of thing i'm like no don't be like that because yeah yeah i'm not sure i agree maybe i think maybe it's more prescient in japan where like there's a definite line between your happy teenage life and your drudgery of adult life um my, my my adult life is much better than my teenage life personally uh so i i wasn't quite agree with uh Balfour on that one not not the inspirational leader perhaps <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i i love Balfour's uh bleak personality and, and uh, especially i love his uh his clashes with with katsia um yeah there, there's something I, I i even though i don't totally agree with all of it i think there is something to the idea that uh it, it's you know, being an adult is the same as being a teenager, except it's just except there's more and it gets harder. Like that, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, that gives me a big a big Ikiru vibe. Uh, also, mm-hmm. uh, th- that scene in uh, in Parks and Recreation where April tells Andy, "Look, no adults actually know what they're doing. Every <laughs> right. everyone is out here. Yeah. Everyone We're is all out here. Up. Yeah, everyone is out here just winging it. And like that, like like." sort of acknowledging that and accepting that makes me feel better about it being an adult because i don't always feel like an adult i'm 35 years old and i wonder if it's if it's okay for me to sit at the grown-ups table at thanksgiving still sometimes because i I don't feel the answer is no yes (laughs) i know um Okay, well, I, the cousin table is actually really fun nowadays because all, right? all of us can drink wine now. Is the, is the, <laughs> is the, oh, God. Um, but Agreed. The, <laughs> and uh, listeners, if you aren't aware, I have uh, I have something like 20 aunts and uncles and about a dozen cousins. So I, I, I if, it's, oh, wow. if, if, if it sounds like I have some aunt or uncle that told me something at some time, it's probably true because I never run out of them. But any, anyway... <laughs> This somewhat heavy, somewhat uh, somewhat thoughtful, you know, concept of what being an adult is versus being what being a kid is, and one game started predominantly ch- uh, teenagers, and one game starring predominantly adults, and confronting some of the same events as ch- as teenagers versus as adults. I've almost accidentally said children at least twice now. Hmm. I, I mean, this seems cool and powerful to me. Like this, this is a game I want to see through to the end now. Yeah, mm-hmm. you should. I was going to say, like, I, I think that, like, it draws this, like, really interesting dividing line uh, between, like, adulthood and childhood. And it also, like, blends that line because, like, it mm-hmm. doesn't imply, it says straight up, and I apologize if someone already said this because I was in the bathroom. <laughs> um, it says straight up that Maya is in love with Tatsuya. Like, it just says it. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. it's the ending, which I think is troubling in its own way. But, um, like, it just says that she's in love with him and... It, you know, whatever. And like, that's the whole, like the heartbreak of the ending of like, because at the end, like a motorcycle goes by that Tatsuya is on. And he's like the, this side Tatsuya now, because he's forgotten the other side. 
Um, and she just like watches him. And it's like this cool anime cutscene. But I'm also oh, like, okay. wait a second. You're an adult. Um, what? Um, <laughs> but it, it also draws this line that like I think is like I appreciate it. Like as a teacher, like as a person who thinks it is my responsibility to take on the troubles of children constantly um, and to try to help them like deal with the mistakes they've made. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate that. But also like it's not like there's like some bright line in the sand like, hey. Yeah, you're 17 and like everything you do is fine and now you're 19 and now like everything you do is now your responsibility yeah. yep, yep, which yep. is basically the way this game presents it yeah um, to a degree yep I agree and, and I think that's a little troubling but I, I do respect the overall message that like older people who understand things need to help people and also like that adults need to help children with the mistakes they've made and it's not just the mistake that Tatsuya made at the end of Innocent Sin, it's the mistake that he made when he was eight or however old he was when he locked Maya in that in Arias shrine. Um, and, I, and I respect that. Like, it's not just this kid's responsibility to deal yeah. with his pain and his suffering and all the suffering that he has caused because Tatsuya has caused <laughs> enormous amounts of suffering. Yeah. And the forgiveness and the beauty in that forgiveness, I think, is really moving and really touching. But I think it I, I wish it was a little more universal uh, because it kind of, to me, says like, hey, like you were all teenagers in Innocent Sin. So, of course, you screwed up like well, I, like, I don't know, like I know adults who screw up just as much as the teenagers do. Like it's a little disrespectful to teenagers in some ways to me, actually. I, I, I think that Leona touched upon something earlier that uh, in, it, it, it might be a cultural thing because in, in Japan, uh there really is a hard line in the sand between finishing high school and then and then being expect being expected to comport yourself as an adult, whether you go to university or not. It, it, it's a bigger or darker line than what we're used to living in the United States or the United Kingdom. So like and, and that's probably why so many Japanese stories, both uh, RPGs and manga and, and what have you, are about teenagers is because like it, it feels for many Japanese adults, it's probably their most halcyon days or the days where they had the most freedom um again because of the, because after a certain point you become the salary man trapped in ikiter but the uh <laughs> this is you're all exactly on point like this game is exploring um like like the, re the responsibilities that like the freedom of being a teenager versus the responsibilities of being an adult and adults taking the burden from teenagers so they can be teenagers i'm I, i'm not i'm not making exactly the same point you are zach but i'm echoing some of the things you, you said I'm, i apologize no i, I you're, you're right up on track with me yeah it, it's i mean I, I, what other rpgs confront this like like there's oh, R, there's God. rpgs about teenagers there's a couple rpgs about uh about struggling adults which i mean again everyone should play yakuza like a dragon and uh, and, but this is a game that, in its two halves, Innocence and Internal Punishment, sort of challenges both of those ideas, and that's awesome. Yeah, these games, it's amazing that it's been so long since they're made, and yet something, it's just never been recreated or even closely touched on, is like the adult themes that go on in the sort of uh, merging of the two sort of times in people's lives like that I can't think of another RPG that really like focuses on 
your typical teenage JRPG protagonist and an adult JRPG protagonist? Is that ever? Is, can you think of any? Other I, I mean, there's there's games with time skips that that mm, uh, that that, re- yeah. that recontextualize a different character's attitude. I mean, I mean, mm. uh, to a degree, uh, near replicant does that, but but not in the same way that this that Persona Two does. I'm not sure I have played an RPG that is this specific about that concept. Yeah, it's amazing for how many <laughs> teenage protagonists we have. <laughs> uh, I, I love I love playing a JRPG these days and getting lectured about life from a fifteen year old. It's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's just my day to day, so I'm used to. It. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I I think we need to play more RPGs where uh, you can, in the middle of battle, just get drunk with some demons to try to try and appeal to to try to, to appeal to them. Um, maybe, right. maybe we'll get that in Shin Megami Tensei Five. It's maybe we'll get that in in Yakuza Like a Dragon Two. I... Kids in Shin Megami Tensei Five, though, aren't they? Like it's a school kid again who yeah, turns into yeah. this like demon demi but, thing. Yeah, but, then, but there's, then there's also p- different political factions and secret organizations that are teaming up with different demons. And uh, oh, I, they're I, all I, drinking then, aren't they? Definitely. Yeah, so, like, that I, sounds like some nocturne. <laughs> To me, yeah, sorry. They're, 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 sounds they're, like Devil Survivor stuff yeah, to me as well. There's, this sounds I like mean, SMT. Yes, yeah, SMT. <laughs> I, I don't know how all of it exactly happens, but the there, there is definitely some law route, chaos route, neutral route stuff to navigate. But that I would, hope they're more like this is totally off topic. Like we're really off topic now, right, but like I, I hope it's more like Nocturne sort of take on law, chaos, and neutrality because I, th- I find that a lot more nebulous. I guess like. Mm. It's kind of they're kind of law, or it's like law but evil, or law but also like a different sort of law. And I really like Nocturne's take on it compared to other SMT games, where it's just like law is authoritarian dictatorship angels, and chaos is anarchistic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> every listen, man for himself. Listeners, if you want us, if you want to hear us discuss the uh, different ending paths in Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne, you can listen to the podcast from about a month and a half ago. <laughs> That both Zach and I were on, where basically every path is just a different version of struggling through hell or pressing mm-hmm. the reset button Philemon style. Uh, but the, uh, all right, if we're talking about a Shin Megami Tensei game next month and a Shin Megami Tensei game from a few months ago, maybe we're near the end of the episode. But is there anything else we definitely want to touch on before we shut it down? I want more Alana theories. God, there's so much that we like, haven't more, got time to do, which is really like, <laughs> Come on, give, give us at least one, Alana. Okay, give us, give us some, give us one, give us some greatest hits at least. Okay, so, well, I think Tatsuya and Maya are definitely like the two standout characters between the games. I think interestingly, the game that Tatsuya is the protagonist in, Maya is the best character. The game Maya is <laughs> yeah. the best the character in it. Tatsuya is the best character. But like Innocence in an Eternal Punishment, and I've used like this analogy of like a coin like you know they're basically two sides of the same coin same things happen bloody blah same characters are there things like that um the arcana aren't as well planned out with the characters um especially like um well they are a little bit like you know um interesting enough going back to long wang dragon if you put in like your characters like birthday month so if you put like katsia's birthday month in um Mm -hmm. he gets uh which is december um it says that he's on honor's justice which is pretty much what he is and like his persona arcana is justice so that's basically (laughs) who he is um but like there's not as much interesting stuff in there i think ulala's is slightly troubling because she has kalisto 
which is the um, uh, oh, no. Greek <laughs> nymph who was raped by Zeus. Um, oh, no. and one then, of, one um, of the nymphs that was raped, but raped by Zeus. Correct, one of the nymphs. And then a was this while he was a swan or not? No, that, uh, that, that, that's, the, that's Leda. It's the bird, Leda, isn't okay. it? Yeah, it's the yeah. hawk, isn't it? Um, um, and then I her that Cal- Callisto is the one that gets turned into a bear by to, to, Yeah, to by Hera. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Crystal um, was also a character in Xena, Warrior Princess. She was, yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved her. Um, and then her wow, ultimate persona cut. is Asteria, who yeah, is and, and, one of them who gets away from Zeus, but then eventually later on, and, and, you know. And also Asteria mm. is a was I think a daughter of a Titanus who represented the stars in the sky, and Ulala being interested yes. in fortune telling uh, makes a connection there. Uh, Callisto yeah. weirdly was uh, I think she was a ward of Artemis which is again Maya's persona and Artemis may be the only goddess in the Greek pan- pantheon that didn't have relations with Zeus right right yeah 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 but like Tatsuya maybe, and yeah. oh, sorry, maybe, maybe not Athena as well but sorry please continue <laughs> no um, but Tatsuya and Maya um, interestingly by the end of Eternal Punishment so like you're beating um, you're beating Tep properly this time and Yelothotep's like okay well I'm always going to be around because I am humanity's shadow and like we knew this and especially if you like <laughs> listen to the last two episodes from last year you know that like Yelothotep is the collective unconsciousness he is the yeah. evil of There's all no people there's no getting rid of him you're never yeah. going to get rid of him he, he probably influenced Mitsuru's grandfather in Persona 3 to start the events of that game and <laughs> and, and also represents the, uh, the the sort of underlying darkness that you're always exploring in Persona 5. So yeah, the Kajiro group apparently broke off from the Nanjo group. Um, so they're <laughs> part of Nanjo, K Nanjo's family's yeah. like, company at some point. Um, but yeah, um, so you, yeah, the way they properly beat Neil Arthotep is when he says that, is all of them going, yeah, we know that will just beat you again and that's kind of it um so they just accept um it but um it's interesting Not more they can do really no exactly and it's kind of interesting by the end of the game like um mm. well most of innocent sin and eternal well, most of innocent sin and eternal punishment maya and tatsuya have basically whereas like other characters have flipped their arcana around throughout the game maya and tatsuya never really do that they've always been reverse arcana mm-hmm. so tatsuya um was even though, like, he comes across as confident in innocent sin, like, there are multiple times in that game where he doesn't come across as a leader. Like, it's always Maya who's making the decisions and, like, mm-hmm. not being a leader is, like, the reversed arcana of the sun. And then, like, Maya turning down her shadow in innocent sin is her, like, saying, like, she's confused, she's scared, she's repressing the bad side of her, basically, or the side she doesn't want to acknowledge. But by the final dungeon, they both flip them. So Tatsuya has kind of realised... I don't want to say he's realized what it means to be an adult because that's kind of not it. But like Balfu says to him, like, oh, you know, it's actually not all bad being an adult. And Tatsy is like, I know I can do this now. I can go home and rebuild my <laughs> like my home. And he's kind of like he's kind of smiling when he goes away. Um, and both Tatsuya from the other side and this side, Tatsuya, because um, one of the ending cutscenes is Tatsuya and Katsuya um, talking on the beach um and tatsy is like i want to be a detective now how do you do that um and so the two of them are kind of reconciling so he's kind of reached like um mm-hmm. the son's kind of normal stance which is to be happy and positive which is interestingly enough maya's whole let's think positive kind of thing um True. but um maya um in her fight because you fight her shadow as well um she the choice you have to make with her so you know what i was saying earlier in monado mandala um when you confront those shadows you have to make a choice and if you make the wrong choice you make the boss more powerful hers is her looking at her shadow and she can either reject it 
or she can accept that looking at her shadow makes her sad. And that's the right answer because it's her actually acknowledging finally her mm -hmm. shadow. So it's her like understanding who she is. Um, and a lot of Maya in this game is about her kind of like breaking through this illusion or this mirror world and slowly remembering the other side because she doesn't remember it all at once it's very very gradual um mm -hmm. which is the moon arcana flipped the right side around um and there's a lot of illusions this is kind of a real crash course on this so i really recommend people go look it up but like there's multiple meanings to the moon being one you know a symbol of being the mother artemis is also um Oh God, she's yeah. the goddess of fertility. Maya, the persona or the god, is the mother of Hermes. Um, and there's a lot of mother symbolism in Eternal Punishment. Yeah, and and and, uh, and June was uh, Her Hermes was June's yes. persona, and uh, June looked at Maya like a mother figure. Mm -hmm. So so losing her was you know hugely damaging psychologically to him. Yeah, he, and I was... like to try and think that Tatsuya thinks like that as well as much as the game wants me to push them to <laughs> thinking that Tatsuya loves Maya. Nah, there's definitely Tatsuya like a big loves June. Yeah, yeah, Tatsuya I, I really... loves June because June is the last person you save in the final dungeon. There you go, it's mm -hmm. canon. Um, I really think there are three better love interests for Tatsuya than Maya. Um one is June. June is at the top of the list, but I also would take uh, uh, take Lisa or the girl from the track team ahead of Maya because it's yeah. just uh, it's just a little weird that Maya has this infatuation with a high school boy, and I don't. And mm. while uh, like I think they're both good characters, I don't think they have chemistry. The real chemistry is with June, with that with the watch and the lighter in the opening cutscene, yeah. and uh, oh, and yeah. and you making the choice near the end of Innocent Sin um, for who Tatsuya loves. And and with like and like June's love for Tatsuya and Maya and the others just being twisted mm -hmm. into the mask mm -hmm. circle and innocence in it's yeah like again Maya not a top tier love interest for Tatsuya. To be fair to Maya, at the end she does walk away from Tatsuya like in a way that's yeah. like I'm not approaching Tatsuya again. And that's that's exactly. that I'm drawing the line between what's happened and who this boy is compared to the the boy I loved, which was the other side during this uh, other side tatsuya this is a different tatsuya so and, and, and that's almost the reverse of the um ending cutscene in innocent sin where oh yeah after, it's after very the, similar. the credits roll um Eikichi, lisa mm -hmm. tatsuya and maya and i think also june all pass each other at like a at a busy yeah. intersection and it's the same intersection oh yeah it's the same <laughs> intersection okay so and, and and maya waves at tatsuya and tatsuya has like a flickering of rec of recognition and and, mm -hmm. and maybe that's the maybe that's the spark that has the two Tatsuya. yeah that was the merge. moment that was the yeah. moment Naryalpothep uh, kind of manipulated everyone to be at that point. Yeah. To make Tatsuya remember. Oh, oh, he oh, he, he 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 guided them together. In that he guided them all at yeah, that point. Oh boy, yeah. That's, that, 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 this game is good as hell. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Yeah, uh, there's there's a ton of stuff. Like I'm I'm actually sad I can't get to most of it, and I feel a little bad. But yeah, there's a ton of stuff about like illusions and mirrors and the moon and mothers because like eternal punishment yeah. is supposed to be like it's the, it's the mirror of innocent sin like it's not yeah. necessary but like you know how innocent sin was about fatherhood and mm. interestingly enough you know tatsuya has never had a good role model because he doesn't get on with his dad he doesn't get on with his brother mm. and his dad's absent so why does he, he's got this warped perception of what adults need to be like of course he has because he's never had a good one 
probably also uh, related to how he acts out in school and he has a bit of a reputation for being a delinquent when really right. he's just he's just more adult than a lot of the teenagers that he uh, that he worked that he that he interacts with <laughs> yeah. i think his aloofness was just misinterpreted as being a delinquent personally yeah. I, don't think he, I don't think he really got up too much yeah i want to say that i'm really happy for Olala at the end uh she has a little moment where she talks about uh stopping trying to find herself and starts saying that i'm gonna make myself i really like that i thought that was a good closing for her arc where she's like she's not taking the passive role in her life anymore she's taking a more active role i'm gonna make myself who the person i want to be and i thought that was really good for her that's now, a good flip of her O'Connor mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You don't need to tell me what happens to Baofu, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't go back to being a prosecutor again. Uh, not really, no, but he does go back to being called Kaoru. Um, him and Ulala mm-hmm. start up a man-searcher business. Yeah, they work with Ulala. It's really cool. cute. Oh, wait, 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 they team up with our favorite bartender? <laughs> bartender? No, I don't what know whether mean? they team up with her, but oh, they do their the own. The ramen episode. lady. Yeah, the ramen yeah. lady. Sure. <laughs> You're obsessed to make her a bartender. Uh, you, know, you know, it's just the way that she speaks in her restaurant makes her That's look like fair. a bartender. But it, but it, but it's I I believe she's just a proprietress. You know, every bowl of ramen in that shop has a healthy dose of cigarette ash inside <laughs> the bowl. <laughs> the most delicious ramen. Yeah. If we're talking about our favorite ramen toppings, I guess it's time to end the episode. No, oh. no, no, no. It's not, it's not time yet. I have one last thing I want to present to you. Um, if our wildest dreams were to come true and we were to get persona 2, the paradox collection um uh, let's say remastered for modern consoles what's something that you would want added or removed or fixed uh, i would I'll- just want the encounter rate to be lower i know you were about to start and mm-hmm. i started anyway no, that's fine um <laughs> the encounter rate is uh too high and i would like it to be lower i think every game with random encounters should have a bravely default-esque slider to, to, to let you turn them on or off if you want if you like hmm. but that's just me I, I i think that it would i mean naturally it would have things like more personae more fusions more things i i just wish that it, uh, some, it was a little bit better communicated to the player uh even if it just means every dark secret has one person in town that will mention it, <laughs> even if it's mm. even if it's that buried, it, it, that would still be more a little bit more transparent than what we have. Hmm. You know what? I, I love this game so much. It's really hard to like <laughs> what I'd like to change about it. I mean, I would like the map to be visible on screen at all times, at oh, least a little right. bit bigger. Like... Yeah, these quality life changes totally. Yeah, yeah like, 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 like give, give yourself a proper mini map that you could, and you can, you know, go to a full menu map or a mini map or no map. Basically, a, a modern or a JRPG map. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. like make the, I don't know, like once you've hit a demon contact with certain demons that have certain traits. Like mark up what ones would work best for what. Do you know what I mean? Because like you get like mm-hmm. angry, sad demon who, like, I, embarrassingly enough, the one I always remembered were the ones that liked Balfu because like they would say something about like they would say something really sexist, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember you. You're the sexist one. Like, <laughs> You're the you, sexist bird. Yeah, I can just wire tap you and just like <laughs> yeah, maybe you either say, give either give the player more clues or communicate better the kind of deal- demon you're dealing with. All right. Yeah. That's not bad. And Leona wouldn't change a thing. No, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I would like maybe a, a different way to collect cards 
<laughs> like, especially full cards. Oh my yeah, god! Full cards, especially. I, like, I really wanted to get those persona with the um the you know the samurai, the princess, mm-hmm. and the um, retainer, um, mm-hmm. which are interestingly enough Tatsuya Maya and Jun in a rumor in from thousands of years ago. Um, it's wild. Um, but uh. You need like 300 full cards and I had zero and I was like, well, oh, I can't God. get any of these anymore yeah, because yeah, I and, didn't do the mapping because screw that. And, and to, to find right. full cards, you basically have to perfectly nail four or five semi-random conversation pieces in a row in a demon. It's impossible. I've tried for hours. It's, I can't get it's it. It's real hard. I tried a little bit playing Innocent Sin uh, a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. I did not get far at all. It, it is miserable grinding, uh, no. farming for full cards in these games. So yeah, no. a better way to get fool cards is Leona wins the episode with that small change made to our, our fake Persona 2 remakes. <laughs> Just so we can see the Personas. Like, what are they? <laughs> I've, yeah. I've never known. <laughs> like, times, really. I wish they had a little bit more time to shine. I wish the like ultimate Persona in this game were better as well. They do have a Grand Cross uh, equivalent, yeah. which is like Dragon Cross, um, which is mm-hmm. a reference to like the um, 12 Dragons. But... Right. That's kind of it. It's not as it's not as it's not as thematically important as Grand Cross was in Innocent Sin. So like is, Eternal Punishment is wild, but nowhere near as wild. I wouldn't even say it was wild actually. Like Innocent Sin is has so 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 much, you know, like even the premise of like, oh, you're fighting Nazis being manipulated by like Lovecraft's like great <laughs> big demonic splodge of whatever. Um Daddy. Oh god. <laughs> Did Leona I'm... just call Hitler daddy? <laughs> no, I called Neil Lathotep daddy. Yeah, he's the great daddy, right? Okay, oh okay, gosh. now it's time to end the episode for real. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, uh, listeners, uh, oh God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still getting uh, like lovecraft daddy out of my head right now i have to <laughs> please I, I, do not I, say that again <laughs> I, I, need, I, I need some time to excise this but uh listeners thank you so much for joining us on uh two full episodes on persona 2 innocent sin we had a lot of fun playing it and, t- and talking about it i still will have a lot of fun playing it when i eventually get back to it this year uh but again again i think i need to cleanse the palate a little bit with some uh, Japanese gangsters punching each other before I can get into the right headspace for it. Uh, but n- next week we are doing a special confessional episode. Zach, you, Corey, and I uh, confess to our sins, some of which are more glaring than others, and our sins not being of the innocent sin, eternal punishment variety, but of what RPGs we have or haven't played and are most embarrassed to not. Some have of done Corey's so. sins are some not of... innocent, and they should, and his punishment should be eternal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, some of Corey's oh, sins are, are surprising. <laughs> And uh, and my sins, because I've already done two of those episodes, I had to dig kind of deep and they get a little weird. So, That's yeah, true. Yeah, so yeah, 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 Corey's sins are large. My sins are weird. So a lot of, but if you want to <laughs> figure out what that means, uh, please listen to next week's episode, uh, Confession Part 3. Uh, but also coming later this month, we're doing two episodes on Cosmic Star Heroine, that indie uh, JRPG-styled game done by Z-Boyd Games. I have started that, but I still have to make a lot of progress before I'm ready to talk about it. But, I'm, uh, but I gave to that Kickstarter years ago and never finished the game, uh, d- despite you know uh, like spending enough on the Kickstarter to add things to the game. So we'll, we'll talk about that. The battle uh, system it, is very fun in that game. Yeah, yes, I, I again, I am. I, I played about half of it many years ago and gave up. 
I am back into it starting fresh this time, and I agree that game has a really interesting battle system worth discussing, but we're going to discuss much more than Cosmic Star Heroin going forward. We are doing two episodes on East Origin in November. I haven't played that game since binging every East game really hard in 2014, so I'm looking forward to getting seven years of perspective and trying that game again on a different console. Uh, and also in November, we're, I am taking a break from the podcast, so we're going to have a few people discuss some video games I know nothing about. We're doing two Star Trek adventure games in uh, in November of uh, next month. Okay, November of next month is just November. That's my bad. Uh, but <laughs> we have some people that love Star Trek and love RPGs, and I only love one of those things, so they are the exact right panel to discuss those games. But listeners, if you want to reach out to us, the best way to do so is retro at rpgfan.com. You can also visit rpgfan.com's message boards, our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, YouTube, Twitch. All of them are called rpgfan or rpgfan.com, and we have stuff going on every single day, whether it's a review on the site or a stream on Twitch. There's also three other fine podcasts on Retro Encounter. No, no. Three other fine podcasts on RPG Fan which include Random Encounter every two weeks about randomness, Rhythm Encounter every two weeks about rhythmness, Phoenix Edge every... uh, Not exactly on a regular schedule, but they talk about all kinds of things and are mostly about edginess. Uh, You can review those three podcasts or Retro Encounter on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, however you are finding us. Please continue to find us. Please give us feedback. Uh, And if you want to give us feedback, at our individual social media and not on RPG Fan in general, let's tell them how, starting with you, Alana. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alana Hague, so you can find me on Discord as Alana. Now, Zach. Uh, you can email me at ZachW at RPGFan.com, or you can find me on Discord at ZachW. Now, Leona. You can find me at Starmongus on Twitter, Discord, Twitch. Yeah, those ones. Leona, don't make me do this every time. And, and uh, uh, there's a game that someone made, and it's, it's yeah. <laughs> it's I.O. H.I.O. Yeah, they're great just as well. <laughs> it's, called Immortal Sa- it's called Immortal Saga and you can find it. We've got news articles on the website. You can oh, join the Discord. So, so, I was going to let uh, Leona off the hook, but then Alana came in like the cavalry. Uh, uh, listeners, if you want to if you want to find me on social media on Twitter, I am at the Real Monsoon most of the time. At Evoker for dogs other times, and on RPG fans Discord, I am Monsoon. So uh, I I have I have a lot of thinking about this game to do, and eventually, you know, once I've emotionally recovered from the undersea ruins, I will revisit it by the end of the year. I promise. Listeners, thank you. Good night and good luck.